Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning and welcome to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. Glad you're here today. You'll notice something a little different about our podcast. For one thing, there's only two of us in the sanctuary today. Usually you get to hear the laughter and uh, interaction from our many congregants. But uh, today, of course, we're honoring the desire to stop the spread of the coronavirus throughout the world. And so our, our stage has gone dark for the moment, and we'll be just using only our podcasts through the end of this month. Throughout this month, we're covering Don Miguel Ruiz's work of Toltec Wisdom called The Four Agreements. We're going to see how applying these four agreements to our daily lives can remake the world into a better, more loving, more successful place. Last week, we embarked upon the idea of being impeccable with your word, the very first of the agreements. You might remember that your word are the thoughts, words, beliefs that define you and cause the divine law of action to shape your experience of the world. As it says in the Christian Bible, the word is what created the heavens and the earth, and it still is through the power of your individual word. So being impeccable with your word means that you bring your thoughts, words, and intentions into alignment, what you want for yourselves. But your word is creative, so be careful that you're not using your word to create fear, trouble, or negative consequences. Your impeccability will define how your life goes. I also want to just key you into a little secret about the four agreements. I think they're absolutely and appropriately in order, in order of importance, if you will. The idea of being impeccable with your word is probably the most powerful of the four agreements because it it really specifies that you have to undo some of your old agreements, uh, such as gossiping or, or negative self-talk. When we're, when we're impeccable with our word, it really requires us to, to rethink and renegotiate some of those old agreements that we had. Well, today we're embarking upon the second agreement, don't take anything personally. And, and of course, even, uh, even without a studio audience today, I did bring a joke, so I'll leave the laughter up to you at home. The middle-aged gentleman was asking his doctor about pain relief. When I bend my elbow just like this, he explained, it hurts like heck. What do you think? Should I start taking Celebrex? The doctor shook her head. NSAIDs are not good long-term solutions. They can increase your blood pressure. Then what about Grelise? The ad on TV said I should ask if it might be right for controlling my pain. The doctor shook her head again. That medicine has so many side effects. I really only recommend it as a last resort. Well, then what are we going to do, asked the fellow. He bent his elbow sideways sharply and grimaced. This really hurts. Well, maybe you should just stop doing that, said the doctor. And so the second agreement, don't take anything personally, really is a case of us recommending that you just stop taking things personally. When you take things personally, you're the one that gets hurt, but it's really you doing the hurting. 
the person that you feel has slighted you in some way may or may not even be aware of that intention or the outcome, but you're the one that actually creates the hurt. You've made it your deal when it's really their deal. What people say and do, of course, is 100% them. It's only emotionally hurtful to you when you take it on. Generally, the opinion of others isn't even real. You're the one that makes it real when you accept it and react to it. You know, you know it reminds me of, uh, of something that happened not too long ago when I was at the dentist's office. There was a little boy there waiting. Oh my gosh, was he carrying on? Uh, I haven't really seen such a fit of crying and uh, and upset in a really long time. The poor little guy. And so eventually the nurse came out and uh, and was talking with the mom and they took him back and and suddenly it got quiet and uh and then the little boy and the mother came out and left. And so I, I couldn't help but ask the, the nurse that was there or the, the dental assistant, what was up with that? And, uh, and she said, well, we don't do fillings for kids. Their teeth are just going to be replaced anyway. They're going to pop out later on and, and an adult tooth. So there wasn't anything to do for him. And I thought, oh my gosh, all the carrying on for nothing. And so it just reminds me that when we, when we really do take things personally, it's not as though the taking personally of it is going to change at all what happened or what's going to happen. It simply makes us feel bad. It simply makes us carry on, hold grudges, have bad feelings about people and ourselves. When, when we take things personally, it's as though we're that little boy in the dentist's office all wound up for no particular reason. Here's the way they talk about it in the Four Agreements. Don Miguel Ruiz says, Even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it really has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements that they've created in their own minds. Taking things personally makes you easy prey for these predators. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you're apt to eat it up. You eat all the emotional garbage, and now it becomes your garbage. But if you do not take it personally, you can be immune even in the midst of hell. So why do we take things personally? You know, I did a little research on the web. I, I'm one of those folks that likes to read up on different things. And, and of course, taking things overly personal is something that psychologists have studied for some times. And so I, I did a little research on why we take things personally. First of all, one reason is that we don't feel that people are living up to our expectations. We think that people are letting us down. And so when they do something that seems harmful to us or, or something that goes against the grain, it raises that flag in us. And, and it's tempting to think that it's going against us personally. But of course, if you think about it, they're living up to their expectations, not ours. And how would it be if we had to live up to everyone else's expectations? So, so it's really uh, kind of crazy making if you think about it. 
much better for us to live up to our expectations and just be okay with other people and their expectations. The other reason I think that we take things personally is a very basic human need. We want to be loved. And so often when things come at us that don't look like love, we take it personally. It seems to be right at the core of what we're desiring. It seems to be thwarting us from a, from a real personal need for love and affection and attention. It's why teenagers like to be in groups. It's why so many of us might wish to be here in person on this Sunday instead of just listening to the podcast. We, we want the attention and affection and love and friendship of others. And so because we want to be loved, we're apt to try to measure up to everyone else. We're, we're apt to take things personally when they don't go well. We're apt to think that if other people snub us, that it's meant in a personal way, when probably that's not the case. The third reason that we take things personally is simply because we're mistaken. Have you ever had that occasion when someone you thought has slighted you in some way, someone has contradicted you, or maybe not acknowledged a hello or a wave across the room, and then later you found out they hadn't even noticed you were there? It's so common to think that the world revolves around us that sometimes we get the idea that people are ignoring us on purpose when in reality they're just ignoring us because they don't notice. And so we can simply be mistaken about people's motives. There's a case where it's always good to ask for an opinion. It's always good to, to try out what's going on in your mind to see if it has a basis of reality for the other person. We simply can be mistaken when we feel criticized or judged. But I want to go on to the fourth reason of why we take things personally. And I think it's maybe the most dangerous but also the most common. How many of us have a little tape running around in our head that says we're not quite good enough, that we're not quite smart enough, that we're not quite lovable enough or capable enough, that there's something about us from birth that just hasn't been quite enough? Well, the trouble with that, this lack of self-confidence, this lack of feeling worthy in the world, really opens us to taking our good from other people. It really allows us to measure how smart we are when we measure it to other people or when people make comments about how smart or how not smart we are. It really means we're maybe overly sensitive to people saying things that might allow us to believe that they too think we're not smart enough or good enough or good-looking enough. And so it's almost as though we're inviting the negative opinions of others. And then, and then of course, when we take it in, it aligns with those interior feelings of not being good enough. And it, it makes us feel horrible, doesn't it? That taking it personally just reinforces some of the negative opinions we have about ourselves. It's as though the world is confirming, yes, you're not those things that you wish you were. 
And so great sadness, a great sense of loss, a great woundedness can happen, especially when those that we love and care for us might say something that triggers those feelings of not enough, not smart enough, not lovable enough, not capable enough. But if you'll notice, this interior dialogue, it's our dialogue. We're the ones that have those tapes of not enough flying through our mind. And so it really is on our part to disconnect those tapes, to begin seeing that other people may say, gosh knows what, but it's really only our internalization of that negativity that can cause us harm. So now I want to move into what can we do instead? What can we do when we notice we are taking things personally? What can we do if people aren't living up to our expectations? What can we do when we want to be loved? What can we do when we're mistaken about what other people are thinking or, or we're keying in off of someone else's negativity that feeds into our own sense of not good enough? Well, first of all, something that we can do that's pretty simple. I'm sure that all of us here are on some form of social media. And, and I would bet we've all witnessed a, a gosh darn good rant. Do you know what a rant is? It's when you say something fairly you know, routine or ordinary, and suddenly you get four or five posts saying how stupid you are, or how crazy that comment is, or just how fundamentally wrong you are. And then they'll usually call you a name or blast back with their own opinion. And I gotta tell you, they're so easy to just delete. <laughs> Are you with me on that? Haven't you just gone through your Facebook page and deleted some of the craziness out there? Haven't you noticed on Twitter that, that some of the comments are just so crazy that, that you can just hide them or delete them? Well, I want to suggest that we can also do that in real life. We can also choose just to smile at the craziness of people. Just smile knowing that other people's opinions of you are their business. They're really none of your business. We can take one of those comments and, and just let it float over the top of our heads. And not just the ones that come in on social media, not just the ones that are in emails now and then, but even face-to-face, -face, we can choose to just ignore a negative comment. The other thing that we can do is really to stand in our own power. You know, one of the problems with taking things personally is that in some ways we're giving away our power. We're saying that you have the power to really piss me off, that you have the power to really create a downer in my life. You have the power to make me feel small and insignificant. And so instead, perhaps stand in our own power. We know what's good for us. We make good decisions. We are intelligent. We are lovable and capable. We can follow our own truth. We do not have to give our power away to other people. And so when people offer their opinion as a contrary opinion naturally to us, we can simply choose to think to ourselves, well, that is your opinion. I know what's best for me. I am capable. I am lovable. I have the ability to make great decisions for myself. 
Another one, uh, which I had to laugh, I was looking some of these up on the web, as I say, and and one author contributed the idea to just be too busy to care. <laughs> Sometimes we get involved in the pettiness of life, don't we? People bickering, people gossiping, people making uh, negative comments about their friends and their neighbors and the world and the, the president and the uh, everything, the economics going on, just a, a sea of negative comments. Comments. And, and this one author suggested maybe we ought to just be too busy to pay any attention to it. And I have to tell you, it made me smile because it's true. Why should I allow my energy to be eaten up by other people's gossips? Why should I allow uh, the time that I could be spending doing something more productive for myself and the world around me? Why should I allow that to be frittered away by people making negative comments and gossip? And so the last two suggestions here, of course, right from Don Miguel Ruiz. The first one is don't drink the poison. If you think of people's negative comments as poison, it's really clear to me we just don't drink the poison. If we do, knowingly, if we take things personally, knowingly, it's as though we're accepting their opinion or a little bit of it as being true, and we're actually accepting the poison into our own life. The other thing that he suggests is that taking things personally almost always leads to resentments. You resent the person that made you feel that way. You resent the people that make negative comments or or make suggestions that you've done something wrong. And when we form those resentments, our hearts close. When we form those resentments and and don't have the ability to easily forgive people, it's as though our heart is covered with a shell. And it not only keeps out perhaps those negative people and their comments, but it also trains us to be immune to the love of others. And so when we don't form resentments, when we don't take things personally, we really can go about life in that open-hearted position, that position that allows love to us, that allows abundance to flow to us, that really allows all of the goodness in nature to come our way. That's that open-hearted position that really can exist when we're taking things personally. Well, today we've covered some important ground. We've learned that most of the emotional upset that we experience from others is because we've taken things personally. The negative words and behaviors are the other person's deal. We don't have to take that poison. We've also learned a variety of ways to shrug off the negativity without taking it personally. We can do that mental delete. We can stand in our own power. We can be too busy to care. Just don't drink the poison. Don't form resentments. By not taking it personally, truly our lives can be changed. Well, I do have some homework for you. You knew I would. And so first of all, as best you can, keep the first agreement from last week. I'm impeccable with my word. And then today we're adding on to it the second agreement. Don't take anything personally. So I'd like to close today with a final quote from Don Miguel Ruiz and a prayer. 
He says, as you make a habit of not taking anything personally, you won't need to place your trust in what others do or say. You only need to trust yourself to make responsible choices. If you keep this agreement, you can travel around the world with your heart completely open. No one can hurt you. You can say yes or you can say no, whatever you choose, and it's without guilt or self-judgment. You can choose to follow your heart always. Then, then you can be in the middle of hell and still experience the inner peace and happiness of your inward heaven. Let us pray. There is one power. There is one presence. There is one love, one life, one joy. There is but this one thing. I I choose to call it God. And what I know about God is it is the allness and fullness of the universe. It truly is. Every person, every place, everything, every situation, everything, everything within the purview of God. And I know that means me. I know that God has created me in its own image of love and light and joy and peace. And, And I know I can stand in that essential truth of who I am. And because of this, I choose to not take anything personally. I have my my own sense of love and life. I, I have my own capabilities of moving forward. I make great decisions and know that I, all by myself, am truly enough. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for everyone. Each of us has the power to resist that temptation to take things personally. Each of us has the ability to stand in our own power and the willingness to just lightly examine the opinions of others. Each of us trusts ourselves and God, of course, to provide the guidance and the direction that we need and love. And so in gratitude for this essential truth, in gratitude for being able to stand in my own truth, I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. That law that always says yes, that law that is here to empower and embolden. I release this prayer, I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, 
You are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.